Hello, listeners and adventurers. This is Wyatt, and welcome back to Area of Expertise. You are currently listening to the second part of last week's episode on making memorable characters. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I recommend catching it before listening to this episode. Otherwise, happy listening! Hello, welcome back! So, uh, last we were talking, we were going through kind of like a... Building unique characters with unique backgrounds is what we were last talking about. And, Mm -hmm. uh... Kind of going off of that, I want to go into kind of character natures. Uh, and what I mean by that is how does your character interact with NPCs, maybe other party members? How how does your NPC view the world around them? I think that, uh, well, one, it's part of the backstory, but uh, that's the one part of the uh, quote-unquote backstory that will change as you play. Like, you have an idea of how you want to interact with people, but you sit down and you play your first couple sessions, and that might change. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I want this person to be kind of, like, grizzled and, like, not taking any bullshit from anybody. And you might play it like that, but you might realize, like, okay, um, no I, I kind of like that, and that uh, but that's not fun for other people. So yeah. I want to be interactive with other people and facilitate yeah. their fun while kind of going in that same vein. Maybe you shift that to be like, uh, he's no bullshit when people are addressing his party negatively. Maybe he's a protector instead of just a, oh, I don't take no bullshit from anybody. He's like, don't insult my party. Instead of just being outwardly aggressive, Mm -hmm. he has Mm -hmm. a purpose now. Yeah, it's the whole taking bits and pieces, like the inspiration is the same thing with nature, I think, is that you don't use like he's quiet as a crutch like you can be quiet but there's like someone is more than just being quiet mm-hmm. so uh, yes like a shyful nature is a really like you can be shy and that's like your character but it's not your whole character yeah like what if like just kind of going off of that what if your character is only shy in certain situations exactly you know? maybe there's a certain like uh, a certain group that your character doesn't like being brought up. Like, mm-hmm. if you're talking to uh, someone giving you a quest and they mention the Thieves Guild, you know, maybe you don't like the Thieves Guild. You yeah, maybe you're a rogue. Yeah. I, um, I watched this... Uh, there's a guy on YouTube that I watch a lot, um, and he has a video on making a character, and uh, it's like the five steps of making a good character. Mm-hmm. And one of them is pain points, which he explains as... Um, what are things that your character will not budge on morally? Like... Um, my character is stoic and reserved unless he sees a child in danger. Your pain point is the child in danger. Mm-hmm. He will act uh, he will act on that and it's something that mm-hmm. will rarely change about him. Yeah, and that's that's something I feel like the the player's handbook does really well. Mm-hmm. It, it gives you really interesting or like examples of uh really interesting pain points. Yeah. Like uh, I remember the first bard I made his major flaw character flaw was that he couldn't resist a pretty face so whenever uh devin our dm would throw an attractive npc or an attractive uh uh, quest giver he would uh kind of get on our nerves he would he would kind of uh see how far he could get yeah uh before he was shot down and that was his thing you know he and he meanwhile the party would be trying to do the quest they just got <laughs> and he's like hold on I'll catch up 
and that was, in retrospect, maybe not totally fun for the whole party, but but it gives you a good gauge on yeah. how to go from there. Yeah, it, it gives you a nice like, and it's your character. way to build your character because maybe he learns from that. Maybe he's like, oh man, my. Something uh, drastic could happen that changes his attitude. Yeah. yeah you know. Your character's not going to act the same way towards the outside world from level 1 or 3 to level 20. There, there has to be character growth. Exactly. There, there's You're, you're not going to be the same asshole rogue who wants to steal everything from your party mm-hmm. from level 3 when you just met your party to level 20 where you've died. Like, you've almost died with these people. Yeah, like you've the, seen your party die. Like you've seen, like if you make it from three to twenty with the same character, you're not like your experiences on quests. You've seen a character die, mm-hmm. and you've these are basically your your blood brothers and sisters. There's no way you're gonna act the same way towards them as when you're level three. That's such a barbarian way to put that. How eloquent! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. In, in case you didn't know, uh, Thor really likes to play barbarians. They are the best. <laughs> oh, you but grab a, a big stick and whack something really hard. Just as D and D intended, <laughs> just as God intended. <laughs> um, uh, and that transition between uh, character development doesn't have to happen just between like three and twenty. That could happen between level three and level five. Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like a lot of players when they make their characters and they're playing them, um, they get this sense in their head that. The lower their level, the less uh, grand adventures they can have. Yeah. And that's just, that's just not the case, especially when you're developing a character. Yeah, like, every every quest is as grand as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the DM is there to be more of a guide, more of, like, push you in a direction... And not so much as like a tug you along this path. Mm-hmm. He pushes you in kind of a direction, and you can go wherever you want in that direction. I feel that's like the DM code is like, I don't want them to be railroaded into a scenario that I want them to be in. I want them to find out the solution that I put in the game on their own terms. Mm-hmm. I think that goes hand in hand with uh, what you said the DM code is. I think that the player code is make the most of it. Exactly. Like the DM's going to push you in these directions and they're going to they're going to kind of give you these points to go off of. You as a player needs to know how your character reacts to these things and um, how to make the most of the situation and how to, how to bring out your character traits in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, those, will, those will change on a case-to-case basis. Like, think of yourself as a person. All these experiences that you're having are compounding, yeah. and you might not be the same person you were a year ago. Yeah, I'm not the same person I was when I was 10 as I am now. We calm yeah. down a little bit and get over ourselves. Yeah, yeah and um, that actually that transitions really nicely into our uh, next topic, which is a, it, it's kind of a point of contention amongst those of the D&D world. Okay. Um, it's the most abstract part of character creation. That's a character alignment. And people at home, no one can see it, but all three of our hands have locked so we can have our conversations. I've, uh, I've geared myself up. We are all ready to throw <laughs> hands at any moment. Uh, oh, no, we had to do it to him. If, if it is any indication, probably any channel that you go to or any, like, um, podcast that you listen to on D and D, they will have one episode entirely devoted to alignment. Oh yeah, it's 
Like, we're, we're not going to fully cover everything that alignment can spread because it's such an abstract thing. Yeah. But because uh, we'll you, touch on it. You know? Because you can say that lawful good is more evil than chaotic evil. Yeah. It, like, th- there's an argument for that. It's all about perspective. Yeah, because a lawful good character can be more uh, detrimental to a party than some chaotic evil characters. Well, you can have lawful good villains. Like lawful yeah. good villains are are yeah. common too. That's you can be my campaign. You can have you can have villains <laughs> that are. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example of a, a villain that's their version of like a utopia is yeah. everyone no one can do anything bad because everyone is being surveillanced at all times like that's their like a 1984 uh, but that whole thing of like they're doing something that they perceive as good but in that essence their lawful goodness is contradictory to what everyone else might want and that's it is so subjective what the alignment table is because you can swing any like pop culture people have been placed in these yeah in these tables and they're fun yeah i I like looking at those but yeah but like (laughs) you could argue any one of them yeah but like batman is in chaotic good batman but like yes he is but to the police he's chaotic evil yeah or to superman he's this or to different viewpoint he's that it's all subjective on who you ask and who what mindset you're in when you ask about that character it's, it's funny that you pulled that one that was the every every time i uh, i go to like a message board or like to reddit and people talk about alignment they always say like all right they all the first example is always where do you put batman and Everyone is like, I put him here, and then like kind of like an internet fight breaks out. Well, yeah. no, you you don't because yeah. he did this one thing <laughs> but, in this one obscure time. But um, to the police, he is the epitome of the bad. One, so was that was that mean the 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 actually the actually yeah. the actually. Like, the reason that comes up also is that different people write Batman in the comics, yeah. and different people will write him different ways. Yeah, he's such a morally ambiguous character from universe to universe, from comic book to comic book, and you can even see that. That in like movies like um christian bale's batman is not the same as george clooney's batman which isn't the same as adam west's batman <laughs> yeah or um ben um ben affleck yeah ben affleck's yeah. batman these are different iterations of batman and that are completely different like ben affleck's batman uh uh brands people and then they die in prison that was said in batman versus superman contentious uh, another contentious subject but how is that anywhere of a good thing to to do like you're making them basically a target to die Mm -hmm. so whether or not it's the blood is on your hands you retroactively killed that person so how is that good for your conscience and then you can we can do that for every batman well, you can do that for literally any character. Yeah, like well, Superman could the, be. Welcome to the Batman of Expertise podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the ba- Batman. The, where, where's the Batman podcast now? <laughs> Batman's my favorite. The Boe. <laughs> but like Superman, Superman is the quintessential lawful good character mm-hmm. in quotation marks. But some people can see him as lawful evil because he wants to control everything. Yeah, like his version of Utopia is that there is no like no one does anything bad and he can hear a heartbeat from a million miles away and he can tell when someone's lying 
-hmm. So automatically politicians, everything's out of the window because Superman can say, you're lying. I can tell from your heartbeat. And whether or not he does that for good or bad, like that's so, so, so subjective. Yeah. For America, that's good because he, because he fights for us, mm -hmm. but to a Russia who has a different ideology, he's, he's lawful evil or he's evil. Mm -hmm. So then what if, what if we woke up tomorrow and uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5.1 is released. And in this 5.1, uh, there is no alignment table. Perfect. It would be, it would be a hot topic. It would be yeah, very. It, hot topic. it would. It would be a very big point of contention. And it's like we have to ask ourselves, like, at what point is alignment not necessary? Well, um, in the earlier editions, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't think that the alignment table actually came in until like second or third edition. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that. It was more god based. Yeah, but now, um, like every everybody will tell you, um, your alignment is based off of what you do. You can't use your alignment as a crutch or a oh well I'm just playing my alignment. No, what you do determines your alignment. Yeah, that's that's where it gets that's where it gets tricky is because when does your alignment become your character mm -hmm. you can use your alignment as like a guideline on how you want to play your character but you can't use it as an excuse yeah yeah you you can't you can't play like well Goblin the goblin and yeah. him be like his, his alignment isn't like you guys said his entire character yeah he can have different wants and uh like goals in mind that don't necessarily fit his alignment and it's and like being chaotic evil doesn't mean that you're going into a village and just pillaging the place mm -hmm. every, every chance you get that just means that you're out for what you want and you're a selfish person yeah, yeah. That's, that's i've i have always understood the tiers of alignment as being evil if you are do, everything you do is for a selfish reason, you're evil. If everything you do is for the principle of it, you're neutral. If everything you do is for uh, the good of others, then you're good. Mm -hmm. That's like um, kind of an example. I have, in in all of my years playing d and I've never once played an evil character. I've and, never once played a good character. Yeah, until very recently. In, in Devin's campaign, I'm playing a lawful evil warlock. And he isn't, he isn't going to go door to door and just start hacking people up. That's not his shtick. No. Because that's not what evil is. Yeah. But like, he's, he is here for the betterment of himself and the betterment of those around him. His uh, actions might just be a little questionable. And like, even like what Devin said about the selfish, the principle, and the betterment of other people, those can be flip-flopped mm -hmm. because the whole trope of uh, kill a few to save a lot well, comes yeah, and, up. And, like, uh, we keep referencing uh, comic books because it's kind of the... or comic characters because it's kind of the easiest, like Doctor Doom. He's lawful evil because he wants to create a universe where he rules because he wants to save it. Yeah, like, but... In his mind, that's a lawful good. Mm -hmm. That's not well. He's just good. Like you can't really like label lawful to chaotic he, on that. He, he's doing it for very virtuosic reasons. Yeah. In his mind, altruistic anyway. evil. Mm -hmm. 
which is, but like, in real life, like Darwin, you could say like, he's saying like nature, nature evolves and finds a way to survive no matter the circumstance. That could be chaotic good, that could be chaotic evil, depending on if you're a, a, a devout Christian or if you're a um, atheist. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it happens in real life, too, and it's so subjective on how people's viewpoints. It's like having an opinion. Your opinion could make sense to you, and it's the right opinion, but it could be completely incorrect and wrong to somebody else. And that's the crazy, that's the essence of the. Um, alignment table is and is your opinions as a character dictate mm-hmm. who, like, what alignment you are, and like I wake up tomorrow and I could be a com- like not a completely different person, but I could have a crappy day, and I could just want to sit down and play video games all day. That's selfish. That could be me being neutral, or there's a kid that falls off the bike and I go out there and I try to help them. That's me being awful, like, mm-hmm. good. Like, I mean, but, like, that's the whole thing is that, like, it's fluid. Like, yeah. It, it, it's like, you, you can't you can't put a alignment stamp on any one thing because almost every action itself yeah, is its, its own alignment. A lot of, I think the reason that it's such a hot-button topic in D&D is because people put way more weight on it than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, just as we were talking about earlier with, like, backgrounds and your, your flaw, your your bond and all that, you should be using that sort of as like a guide to play your character. Exactly. It shouldn't be the hard and fast manual of, um, what do I do here? And you glance at the the scribbling on your palm and it says chaotic evil. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, well, evil thing. L- let me kill them. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be honest, um, if there's a character that I really like and I've been playing them for a while, I will get online and take the personality test as that character. And uh, get get feedback from those personality tests. Like, get in the mind of the character, take that personality test, and see where it goes from there. And that's good. That's that's really investing. I enjoy in doing character. that. Um, and the the last kind of point that I want to talk about with alignment is: uh, should your party's alignment play a major role in your campaign? So we're, we're, we're just bringing out the heavy hitters here. Yeah. Should it? <laughs> that's that's a tough question. Should it? No, to, I don't think so. I think to a degree. So, um, Devin, you think it shouldn't, like, at all? It sh- should your party's alignment play a role? That's the question. Yes. Okay. So I don't like think that you... it, I don't think that it shouldn't at all. So, like, if you sit down with your party and. You ask them, like, all right, what are you guys' alignments? And you have, like, uh, a neutral, a lawful good, a chaotic good, and a chaotic evil. Are you going to say, like, okay, you all have to be good or you all have to be evil because my plant, my, oh, my no, campaign I, is a good campaign? I don't think that that um, characters – I think that characters should very rarely be uh, restricted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, um, if the party wants to be lawful good, neutral, and chaotic evil – I will not stop them from doing that. I will inform them that there will be action uh, consequences to all of their actions and even inter-party conflict. If the lawful good player is char- playing their character correctly to that alignment, they should always be at the throat of the chaotic evil character if that's how they're playing them. As a as the 
trope of those. Yeah, if you're playing, if you're playing the trope of those. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like a job. Sorry to keep bringing up in real life stuff, but I I think characters are people. Oh no, that's and they have fine. their own personalities. They have their own. It, I understand it's a game, but it's also like that's what gives them gravity is making them people, and so it's like it's like a job. Like mm-hmm. you, not everyone you work with you you like, not everyone that you go to school with you like, not everyone that you ever meet in the world you like or have the same exact viewpoints or you don't live in a vacuum. You don't you don't agree with everything everyone ever says. Thor, you you said that maybe the the alignment of the party might pull a little bit to the campaign. It does in the sense of being lawful good in an evil campaign is hard. Mm-hmm. Which, going into the campaign, you kind of need to know like what direction you're going, whereas the last one I did, it turned out to be an evil campaign, and I didn't tell anybody. This campaign I'm doing is kind of like morally ambiguous. Going into a campaign, you need to talk to your DM to see what your uh, what your campaign is going to be centered around. Mm-hmm. Not centered around, but kind of like the steps it goes. That way you don't feel left out if you're the lawful good paladin and everyone else is kind of like neutral or evil. Yeah. And you're like, well, this kind of goes against everything that I made. Well, I, I think that it kind of goes against everything that you made, but as long as all of the players at the table are okay and nobody's actually getting angry or upset with one another, yeah. I think that having the lawful good character... Assuming that you have told your party that this is an evil campaign and somebody doesn't bring a good character to the table anyway, then you can be like, hey, I told you that yeah. this, is isn't, this is an evil campaign. You're welcome to play that character, but I told you, live with those consequences. But if a lo- if somebody brings a lawful good character to your evil campaign, that can add a lot of cool role-playing mm-hmm. moments. That's what I was going to say, too. Is like That'd be a really good role-playing aspect is like him them trying to deal with this evil that that they see and then it can like it's character development it's yeah. going from three to 20 again it's how they progress down that line do they fall into it or do they think that like or do they get this god complex where, like they're the holy light in this in this stench mm-hmm. kind, kind of thing it's like when we were in that campaign where it was um zaka and valen um our friend chase had a had his sorcerer paladin and he was he was lawful, lawful leaning, but he was uh, more towards the good and the uh, the letter of the law. My character and his would often butt heads because my character had a god complex and everything. He thought that everything that he did was the right thing to do. Yeah, and you f- you followed your law, and his law was the law of the land. Yeah, they they were different, so we we butt heads, and I thought it was a lot of fun. It's fun to have a little bit of contention every now and then because yeah. not everybody gets along, like you said. Yeah, like you're gonna have ar- arguments with people, like. You're not, like I said, you're not going to always be, like, in, in agreement with everybody. But that's boring. Yeah, like, be, living in a, in a vacuum is boring. Yeah. In a party and everything where it's like, yes, let's all go do this heroic thing together because that's what we all want to do. You need that one person who's like, I don't really want to go do I, that thing. Play like, a video game. If why you are we do doing that, this? Yeah. Have stuff that's programmed to always want to do that with you. It's, I, I guess, the... The, the the overarching theme of this section is it's contextual. <laughs> very contextual, very subjective. Yeah, every, so, everything's everything's different from a case to case. So just like the alignment table itself, the uh, why it exists uh, and it's the role that it plays in the game that we play is 
entirely dependent on how you use it. And it and it helps new character, new people to the game find footing in something. Yes. That's and like that's what a lot of these tools are are to help new characters, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how we all learned is by using these tools to get to where we don't need these tools anymore. It's like starting with the long equation in math and then you learn the shortcut. Yeah. You you need to know the process before you can just go, okay, this is how this is done. Yeah, it's, it's meant to be a stepping stone to active role playing. Yes. And that uh that that's a pretty solid transition into our final topic, which we're gonna talk about is uh a, a little bit of a little bit of role playing. Like how how deep do you go? Uh, full bore. Just yeah, I I, I, I walk he, I Joaquin Phoenix. I need to get into character. <laughs> That's how I have the most fun. I completely detach myself. I honestly started disliking Devin when he played Zaka. <laughs> Stop! You're supposed to disassociate. <laughs> Just but, because Zaka's an asshole. Well, no, like, but in my character, because I get into my character too. I hated Zaka, like as Valen, mm-hmm. as that like druid who is around life and stuff seeing this seeing this lizard man which was more of a i found out more of a man than a lizard it was a snake sorry snake um <laughs> found out like he's he's manipulating these undead creatures and like perverting the the sanctity of life and stuff like like me getting into into that character just i started to resent like almost Devin in a way just because like him and me got into our characters so much mm-hmm. and we would butt heads like him and Sa- uh, him and Chase would butt heads and it would like like I said he almost killed me one time because I knocked a a potential familiar off of his chest uh, off of his shoulder mm-hmm. because as far as Zaka was concerned that meant that not even meant because Yanti don't feel emotion that was more useful to him than you were exactly but we also played it to where we had conflict. That's the important thing is that conflict will happen no matter what. If you're playing your character, conflict's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be things where you find yourself in a very, um, a very, uh, like a back and forth. Yeah, a back and forth, whether it be good, bad, neutral, like you're interacting with a, NPC, you're not just going to go, yes, hello, I would like to buy a potion. No, you're going to like, yeah, I walk up to the uh, to the potion salesman and I ask for a potion. And then if the DM wants to give it, like, there's something going on there, you can interact with them. Like, if he gives them, like, a wonky voice, you can interact with them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, like, and not everything has to be that, though. Yeah. Like, there, like, everything can, like, everything needs a balance. Like, not every person has to have, like, a a crazy thing that happens like but like not everybody has to be a robot yeah, it's like no know when to roll know when it's your time in the spotlight exactly so that everybody has fun like you're not just there to role play yourself you're there to role play with others yeah you can you definitely can go all out show up to your to your session in you know in, in your character cosplay yeah and put on a voice and really like you know ham up like get real theatrical you character. can theater in the park this as much as you want that's totally fine yeah um and when you do that 
you shouldn't expect everyone else at the table to have that same exact role playing no, mindset. Nobody's lesser or better than you because you're not doing as much or as little as others. Yeah, yeah. like I don't slam Wyatt for not having three pages of backstory or like being role playing a Russian character who like who is in character all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't say that like care like Wyatt's lesser of a player because of that. Yeah. I think I think Wyatt has his own merits whereas I have my own merits. Everybody it's, has their style. Exactly. And not one style is better than another. Except for if you're a dirty power gamer. Power hey. gaming gives me pleasure. <laughs> hey, we're gonna talk about that later. We'll, oh do, we'll do that later with our with our true power gamer friend. I just want to be in the corner going, "That's all wrong. Mm. That's all wrong." So I guess, do we reach the same uh, the same moral of the story in this episode that we did last episode? <laughs> what be good? The the be good. Uh, the just the. Uh, <laughs> The yeah, other people are gonna do it different, and that's fine. Yeah, that's a pretty good <laughs> like yeah. that's a pretty good wow. uh, tagline for D and D. That's a good analogy books. for life and D and D and everything. Yeah, yeah. D- uh, from now on, put that at the bottom of the uh, of the picture when people are listening to the podcast. <laughs> people will do it differently from you, and that's okay. Yeah, like <laughs> like everyone's area of expertise. I wow. used it. Is, <laughs> is something roll, different? Roll credits. <laughs> is something different? Like. There's not one thing that is, I mean, there's not one area that is universally concrete. Exactly. And um, none of that uh, is more apparent than when it comes to physically role-playing your character. It's such a... Um, What's the name of the game? It's, it's such a rite of passage, almost. Mm-hmm. It's, it's dynamic, especially when you're when you're a DM and you fire up the uh, you fire up the eccentric shopkeeper voice, and everyone in your party just like looks at you with this. What is this? What is this jackass doing? Exactly. And you know what? Don't be afraid to do things like that. Own it. Yeah. O- own it and go with it, and because the players' reactions will more often than not be their characters' reactions too. Oh my god. Yeah. When when you finish that encounter, the potion the potion shop dude that had uh, his right eye always closed and he gangled about. Oh yeah, that guy. Or I was thinking about Captain Blakely. Captain Blakely. <laughs> I was thinking about uh, in my evil campaign the uh, the sweatshop owner who had the uh, child labor. Oh yeah. Who the kid would try to run away, but he had a shock collar on. See, my my character <laughs> wasn't involved with that, so I don't remember it. Make sure that you're having fun with your character and make sure like other people can interact with that character. Yeah. And the more goofy you look as a DM, the more like likely that players will kind of lean into that too. Yeah. yeah. Like, at, like switching to like a GM tip, but like as a player, like if your DM is being goofy, like don't feel afraid to jump in. It, it helps yeah. them. It'll make yeah. y- it'll help you. Maybe the other people in the party are too shy to be goofy in role play. It can really open up an interesting group dynamic. And that's something else I want to talk about when we do uh, an episode on player etiquette is Boy. knowing where to interact with the, the players in your party. Yeah. Um, and I guess the last thing I want to talk about here is uh, the, the problem that we all face. It's usually more apparent when newer players are making their first character. 
and that's uh, Mary Suing, or making the too perfect character. I'm uh, I'm pretty. I have a pretty negative view on Mary Sue's. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard for me to get on board with any character that doesn't have a readily apparent and readily detrimental flaw. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like, I'm not going to lie. When I first started, like what you said, like it's a very easy beginner flaw is to make a character with no weaknesses. Yeah. Everyone wants to be Hercules. Yeah. Because you want to have the answer for everything. Like, Oh, we fell into a pit. I have this 50 foot rope that I found, like that I bought. Yeah. Or, Oh no, we ran out of rations. I I can create water. I but like you can only spread yourself out so far before instead of being a Mary Sue, you become a jack of no trades. Mm-hmm. To where you think that oh well these these cow traps will help if we have like a stampede coming after us or this hemp rope will help us if we fall into a pit trap or this or that or that or this or this or that like I need to make water I need to make food I need to do this I need to do that when you think that it's a Mary Sue can easily flip into a jack of no trades because you don't put your your party into account and you become useless in in that party it it also opens up um, kind of a a less interesting line of play when when nothing bad happens or when something bad happens and you immediately know how to answer it it's you don't have those um amazing heroic moments uh a little bit of a a D story um it is when i tried to make a a character who was the the perfect combatant he it, i was me trying to make a dragonborn fighter who could kill anything with his hammer and um at the peak of this campaign i uh if i remember right Devin, you were running it it was um we were facing a a dark wraith like a dark knight almost yeah and it came down to everyone in the party except for our wizard and myself were unconscious oh was this my halloween episode yeah. The, okay. I it, think I know where you're going. And it came down to our wizard was too far away to be effective and at too low hit points. And I was basically one hit from death. Um, and from the room before, I had picked up uh, a couple of sticks of dynamite from an earlier encounter in the dungeon. So I decided to put strap the dynamite to the end of my hammer, knowing that dynamite explodes under large pressure... And I charge the boss. I'm going to go out in uh, a blaze of glory. And in my head, I was like, yes, this is the perfect way to go to end the encounter because my character is so incredibly geared for this event. And uh, the boss, long story short, the boss rolled better than me. And I died. (laughs) The explosion went off, flung us both back. Uh, he got up, I did not. And it was it was sort of the like the moment in my head where it clicked that your care it's okay. That was his my character's flaw the whole time. Was thinking he uh thinking that he was invincible. Okay. Was his flaw. Yeah. And uh 
being a power gamer, uh, you come dangerously close uh, to trying to marry Sue. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't like power gamers because they try to marry Sue and be good at everything. But you offset that with role playing. Yes. You could be fantastic. Like, I'm a wizard. My my strength is basically nothing. My constitution is low. Um, I'm great at casting spells. You're ready and I'm, to read books. I'm great at damaging things <laughs> with spells and being utility. But I'm arrogant. Yeah. I, I am... That's... Even if it might not seem like it, I'm arrogant and I think I'm better than everybody else. That's my flaw. Like I'm, yeah, I might... I'm, I'm weak. I'm feeble. I can't swing hammers at things. To a degree, wizards go from a point of being a character to a Mary Sue at, like, like mid-teens, like yeah. 15, I think... That's when the wizard starts to become a very Mary Sue. I have an answer for everything. I have spell Which, slots to do. That's just the nature of yeah, the wizards class are kind itself. of inherently. It, it's no there a lot. for all yeah. things. But like how they get around it is range. Mm-hmm. Like um, counterspell. One of the biggest Mary Sue spells is uh, 30, 30 feet or sixty feet. Sixty feet. I'm sixty sure. feet. But like you're within spitting distance of a big baddie who's casting whatever. But, like, you have this Mary Sue ability, but you have to get, like, into range. That's risky. Exactly. So I think that's how they get around it. But if you build it to where you don't have to do that and you have, like, this incredible range, which I don't know if you can do that with Wizard, like, if you can extend the range, like how you can do with Warlock with your El- uh, Eldritch no. Blast. So wizards don't get an extending no, the, range. I believe okay. that's, like, the big handicap of wizards is, is, is range. You get really powerful spells like, you know, Fireball early level and Wish that literally bends yeah. time and space around you. Sim- simulacrum. Uh, but you have, like, you have, like, 40 hit points at level 20. Yeah, and yeah. you're super soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your range isn't great. Yeah. You know, so it's... It definitely like has its drawbacks of wanting to be a power gamer, but also fitting the game that we're playing. And I don't think we can talk about Mary Suing without talking about meta knowledge. Oh yeah, because I think the quintessential Mary Sue uses meta knowledge when their character had no idea, like not to. Well, that's just player etiquette. Yeah, that, that's that's a big player etiquette thing. But I also think it's a character thing. It's like. To roleplay your character, you have to be in the mindset of your character. Would would your uh, dragonborn fighter know that dynamite under extreme pressure blows up? That is definitely something that I'd mitigate. So, but like that's not like a like you were newer at that time. Yeah, and, and but like, that was like maybe what three four years ago when we did that campaign. Yeah, it was almost five years ago. Exactly, yeah. but like it, that's and th- it comes with like playing the game longer is knowing what your character would know like i'm playing a aarakocra currently who grew up in a in a city all of his life and is like basically a pigeon he doesn't know what streams are unless it was in a city he doesn't know what river you mean the sewer exactly that's (laughs) what's in the sewer that's what like fecal matter and all that stuff runs down is streams right or Mm -hmm. rivers or what a like he's seen like a few trees like so you wouldn't like you wouldn't be able to like know inherently that a troll is evil 
because he's never met a troll. Mm. How how do you know that a troll is evil? Like b besides stories of like, oh yeah, trolls round up children and eat them in stews or like witches, but like, if you've never seen one, how do you know? Exactly. So one story I have about Mary suing and meta knowledge is that a player that I used to play with was awful about it. He, we were, we were in a forest and we were walking up to a tree and we see this troll being eaten by this like carnivorous tree. Hmm. And I'm and my character being a frontline guy saying, we need to kill this troll. Not ever seeing a troll. And this other character who has almost no, he grew up in a city and he just went on this voyage. He says, no, not all trolls are evil. Mm -hmm. And I proceeded to stop the campaign. And this is me like being a kind of a bulldog. I'm like, how do you know that he wasn't evil? How do you know that? Like, how does your character know that? Oh, well, I, he, he, he just does. Well, you just don't know the theory of relativity. You just don't know. Like, you just don't know how to drive a car. Yeah, it's, it's probably, it's easily one of the hardest things to do when you're role playing a character. One hundred percent. Like it's, disassociating your active, living, real world brain from the brain of this character that you're making. And that comes with experience. Too. It comes yeah. with a lot of experience. You, you need to play several characters before you really yes. start to, to kind of you know, like. Uh, to kind of put a capsule on the topic of Mary Sue's without upsetting too many fandoms. Um, <laughs> some examples would be uh, Ray from the new Star Wars. Uh, Drist is a huge Mary Sue. A lot of people have said that. Goku. Uh, it's just they're, they have no detrimental flaws and they're, they're always able to solve every problem nearly instantaneously. It's you kind of like toe that line of having a character that's really good and that you enjoy and one that is actually believable. Yeah, like nobody nobody likes to fail, but that's part of yeah. life, and, and it, it makes things interesting. If you if you turn on the cheat codes, yeah, then why are you playing this game? That's why you don't play Grand Theft Auto with cheat codes on all the time. Yeah, it, it's fun for a few minutes, and you get tired of it because you can yeah. just do whatever. Yeah. So when. So I guess the real secret to making a memorable and interesting character in that case would be, you know, uh, give them some flaws. Yeah. The, flaws the, are the secret spice. The, the struggle makes them 3D. Like, give them flaws and know them like you know yourself. Yeah. And it, it, when it boils down to it, those flaws are going to be, you know, what you have your most memorable moments about. Uh, exactly. No one's gonna remember the perfect, the perfect character that slayed the dragon and got the princess. No, because that's been told time and time again. No one wants a King Arthur. They're gonna remember the ogre and the donkey that walled their way to the castle and mm -hmm. got the princess. The donkey that don't that doesn't stop talking and the ogre that just didn't want to be around anybody else. <laughs> no one, no one remembers the the detective character, but everyone remembers the psychopathic bugbear that danced. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of an inside <laughs> inside joke. Everyone, Sorry, everyone listening is like, "What is that?" <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our show, you can support us by leaving a rating on Area of Expertise. If you are listening on YouTube, a like or subscription is a great way to let us know you want more. This has been AOE, and we'll see you in the next one.